We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill. Or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Unladylike. I'm Kristen. And do y'all know that old saying, make the dad hats you want to see in the world? Well, not to pat myself too hard on the back, but y'all, I've made the dad hats I want to see in the world. And by that, I mean unladylike hats. I'm so excited because there is brand new merch in the unladylike shop. All new, never before seen designs, sweatshirts, and tees from sizes small up to 5X. We got a mug. We've got a pet bandana. And I, for one, know that Brewster is going to be living his best dog life as soon as that unladylike bandana is around his adorable multi-poo neck. And of course, I'm going to be posting photos on Instagram at Unladylike Media. In the meantime, you can head over right this very second to unladylike.co slash shop and get yourself some Unladylike treats. And announcing new merch is in keeping with this episode. It's a little bit different of an episode because we're going to talk a little bit about Unladylike's business of podcasting. I I will say a question that I get when I tell people I'm a podcaster, often that is followed by, well, how does a podcast make money? Like, that's, that's what you do? And the simplest answer to that is advertising. Now, yes, there are many other ways for any podcast to make money, things like Patreons, subscriber-only content, live shows, or what I just offered to y'all, some beautiful merch. But far and away, the main income source of podcasting at large and the ways that big old podcast networks are able to be big old podcast networks is advertisers selling off space in podcast episodes to brands that want you all to buy their things. And advertising by itself has always been one of the biggest ongoing challenges as far as what we will and won't endorse on the show. There are entire 
categories of things like sketchy supplements, so many weight loss products geared to women, like all, all sorts of things that I have no interest in putting in front of y'all. And as I'll get into in this conversation, earlier this year, I kind of found myself at a mental crossroads of like, do I want to just divest from this entire fucking thing? Y'all might remember that at the end of March, the podcast network that Unladylike was on kind of unceremoniously folded. The question for me then was whether to try and take Unladylike to another podcast network or try to take Unladylike a step or two or three further as a fully independent podcast. And I very quickly decided to go indie, to just push my chips into the middle of the table and go indie. But also, practically speaking, Unladylike is a business. It's my business. It's how I keep a roof over my head and coffee in my new Unladylike mug. How about that? And I'm both relieved and excited to share that I found a resolution for this conflict. And that resolution has really come for me and unladylike in the form of today's guest. So we're going to be talking about what they do, what ethical podcast advertising is, and the challenges of having standards, frankly. My name is Amanda McLaughlin. I'm the CEO of Multitude, which is a podcast collective production company and ad sales provider. And I got into this career because I was so passionate about podcasting and the podcast that I was making with my friends and colleagues and thought that we had a lot more value and a lot more potential than big companies and networks were seeing in us. And so we started doing for ourselves the kinds of things that we wished, you know, companies or networks would help us with. And that's turned into, you know, five years later, a business helping other podcasters build sustainable businesses. Yeah, I did want to ask what, before we get into Unladylike and Multitude's relationship, what does it mean that Multitude is an independent collective in an industry that is now dominated by really like a handful of massive corporations? <laughs> It sure is. And it's only getting more that way. Even five years ago, it felt like we were an outlier. But that is much more true in 2023 than it was in 2018 when we started. So we basically empower creators to run their own businesses with the infrastructure of support and resources from peers if they need it. A traditional network model is one where they own a big stake, if not the whole intellectual property of your show. They probably don't don't do much more than selling ads and taking a huge percentage of that revenue for the podcast and then basically doing whatever they want to your show and its feed. Maybe they run promotions for other podcasts without compensating or necessarily even asking you, maybe not even giving you a choice in the advertisers that run on your show and may make kind of big promises about marketing or helping you grow or giving you access to different things that 
kind of mysteriously never pan out. Mm-hmm. And all of that is ultimately to the benefit of the company using your, you know, your audience and the, you know, the reach that the company and the reach that the podcast has and your sort of reputation to their own benefit. What a collective does is say, hey, everybody here is running their own thing. You're in charge of your show. You're in charge of your community. We don't give any kind of top-down editorial mandates. And everybody opts in to promoting another show in the collective each week. And if they need recommendations for a composer or a transcriptionist or an artist or a guest, we are all here to give our support and lend our ideas. And we have a thriving community of people who really enjoy the kinds of shows that are under Multitude's umbrella. But ultimately, everybody is running their own thing, running their own community. They're all brilliant and beautiful and distinct. Mm -hmm. And we are here to help each other if and when we need it and not otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, So something that I I have noticed now a number of times as I've been trying to explain to folks, you know, friends (laughs) about this current unladylike chapter where we yes. are going network free but working directly with multitude like i see this this look of immediate concern and confusion in people's faces when i say like oh yeah no unladylike's just going fully independent yeah. and Maybe I'm just not great at explaining it. So (laughs) it's very confusing. Yes. So, how would you explain (laughs) this transition that Unladylike has made, especially being a, a show that started on a network and has been with networks up until now? You've been through the ringer. And something that I really appreciate about, you know, your trust in working with Multitude on what I would describe as managing ad sales for the show and helping you with some post-production stuff is it is all very straightforward where Multitude takes a commission on the ads we sell you. You have approval over all the ads that run on your podcast. You voice them. It's important to me as a fellow podcast host that you feel bought in about the copy that you're reading. You don't want to lend your sort of endorsement or literal voice to something that doesn't doesn't feel good to you. And secondly, helping you with some of the post-production around mixing and mastering the episodes, getting them ready to go out, uh, is pretty straightforward. It takes, you know, the hours that it takes each week, and we charge you for it, and we pay you for the ads. And the thing is that a network is never going to give you a deal that is better for you than for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they may make a, you know, a minimum guarantee of saying, hey, well, make sure we pay you at least this much money in ad revenue each year. They're not going to guarantee you more than they know they can make for you. And most of the time, the split, the commission that they give you after you meet the minimum guarantee is way worse than you probably agree to without that upfront number. And for a podcaster, it's like, well, of course I want to guarantee at least a little bit of of money, right? It's like it's like accepting a job with a salary plus a small commission as opposed to all commission-based. That's a lot of uncertainty. And so I don't blame at all any of the podcasters who are like, listen, I'd rather take a, a sure thing mm-hmm. over something that's super variable. Um, but then when they say, oh, and we'll help with production, we'll help with resources, we'll give you this and that, whatever you need, we're here without actually specifying what that means is often a way for them to kind of 
overpromise and underdeliver and not to give you a like, hey, we're going to give you this much money in marketing spend or we're going to give you this many hours of dedicated staff support every week. The more general they are, the more hand wavy they are, the more you're like, okay, well, I guess this is going to be worth it. And then you give it a try. And so often it ends up not in the podcaster's favor. So that's something we're trying to do very differently. We help uh, people from, you know, very sort of uh, specific and boutique audiences, audiences that are really, oh, sorry, I don't want to say it that way. Um, we help clients all the way from like big companies who want to make podcasts all the way down to independent folks who know exactly what they're doing, except for a couple of things. And you have to wear 15 hats, but maybe not 20 hats because we can wear a couple of those for you and have a very straightforward relationship where you know exactly what you're getting, exactly what you're paying and vice versa. Yeah. Um, this is also just reminding me of one of the most eye-opening and a little bit soul-crushing moments in in my podcast career. And this was years and years and years ago, but it really stuck with me when a corporate executive referred to podcasts as advertising inventory, that like what yes. we were making was essentially content for advertisers to then, you know, insert their mid-rolls into. And it... That sucks. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> it's reductive and it sucks. And they don't see any difference between the thing that I see firsthand, you pouring your heart and soul and many, many hours of your week into. And that listeners show up for every single week, you know, not because we're like waving content in front of their faces, but because they like they love the show and this community and they're really invested in what Unladylike is doing. I think that's really different than like a piece of sort of, you know, maybe AI generated like <laughs> clickbait when I Google, you know, when to plant my tomato seedlings like those are different and the executives at the tech media conglomerates see them all as content but i i don't know i think there are a lot of people out there who see a big difference between those two things and making sure that you are paid fairly for an ad is a lot more than just like negotiating a rate what an advertiser is doing when they come on the show is like renting out space in your podcast and some amount of the trust that you've built up with your audience. And when that's for a great, you know, company, service, nonprofit book that your audience is like, hell yeah, actually, I want to know about this thing, that can be really great. And they pay you for your time and your labor of making sure that that ad, you know, is correct and is in a voice that makes sense for you and is something that your audience wants to know. And, you know, you get to tell your audience about a thing they may want to know about and great life goes on, right? Like we live under capitalism, we have to make it work. And that is a way that can actually be straightforward and great. But when they view it as just another click, another impression, another, you know, like listener minute and overload your audience with ads that alienate them from the thing that you're making, all that does is devalue you and chip away at the trust between your audience and your show in a way that they don't have to pay for months or years down the line, but you will. And so creators are so often left footing the bill and being told that what we build and make with our audience is only as valuable as, you know, how many downloads we get in a given month. And I'm certain that's not true. Brought them to our land. An endless night. 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I definitely debated back and forth of whether to even continue doing any sort of advertising on Unladylike, partly because I had gone through what what feels like a little bit of uh, a couple of years of kind of corporate gaslighting of the way that you were just describing of like, you are your numbers and... Yeah. Uh, this is this is just um not seeing any deeper value you know in a in a show so making me kind of question the longevity and the purpose reason for even making this podcast and also feeling very much at the whims of the greater economy you know mm-hmm. because advertising budgets are controlled by our economic conditions in general. So I just felt very much, you know, kind of thrown to the wind in that way. And I want to, with every step that I take with Unladylike, I always want to center its values of being an intersectional feminist show that is also trying to not just tell, but show our ethics and commitment to that. And trying to negotiate between like, well, you know, uh, is it worth just taking the money for doing a Botox ad, but maybe feeling bad about how listeners are maybe going to receive it, things like that. Maybe I should just divest fully from it. And I was very relieved and excited to start working more closely with Multitude in this way, because y'all are the first people that I'd talked to who seem to be coming from the same place, ethically. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I really admire that about you. And, like, here's the thing. It's also good business. <laughs> it's, it's admirable <laughs> and it's good business to say to your listeners, hey, this is exactly how I make my choices. This is what I am and I'm not going to put in front of you. Because podcast listeners are smarter than people give them credit for. People get that it costs money to make things. And everything they enjoy online is paid for somewhere by somebody, even if it's a, you know, labor of love that they do not for money, sort of outside of their paid work. And so 
there it's a false binary like companies mm. want you to think that either you have to opt into advertising on their terms and put in like 10 you know we call them programmatic ads like those radio commercials the first one i ever heard was for lumber liquidators and so that's the um the, the example i go to in my mind like yelling at you like it's lumber liquidators as if this is a you know a commercial on like the worst you know network tv show where there's commercials every 6 seconds um or no advertising at all. Because the fact is, you can do whatever you want. Like, you can make your own choices. It's just a lot more time-consuming. And because podcast advertising as a, you know, like digital media uh, vertical is somewhat new, a lot of companies want to tell you that it has to be, like, old media, like radio, or display ads on Facebook or something, or none at all. But the reality is you can. It's just more labor intensive. And so nobody gets rich quick by saying like, hey, Kristen, I want to make sure you run only the ads you like. And if the answer is I don't like it, I'd rather not have an ad right now. Like, yes, in theory, that's commission I lost. But I know that the long term relationship of you, your audience and working with advertisers you feel good about is really worthwhile. And hey, listeners get it. They can, you know, pay for an ad free version if that's available. They can skip it if they really want to. They can sit through it and be like, listen, I get it. You got to get paid. People really get it. This isn't 15 years ago. We're talking about, you know, tipping or membership or doing sponsored stuff means that people just label you a sellout and move on. They get it. And I think most kind of savvy consumers would rather know exactly how the sausage gets made and where you're getting paid so they can opt in or not. So I, I think that's the future of online communities and digital media and, you know, doing it in a small way, helping, you know, 30 or so podcasters to make a sustainable living in the space is as far as my influence extends. But listen, this country is run on small businesses and so many creators that I love, the places I spend my time online, are truly small businesses of one or two or three people like doing a thing they're super passionate about and making it work and help to facilitate the economics and finances of that is, you know, a pretty satisfying living for us over a multitude. Yeah. Are there, is there anything that has especially surprised or challenged you the most over the years of working at and building multitude? It's a great question. Things that are very obvious to me as somebody who was first a fan of podcasts and then started making my own and now works in the space um, are not obvious to other people. And I think those are the things that have surprised me most. For example, saying that, yeah, listeners prefer, for example, ads that, you know, I read as a host of my podcasts versus ones read by somebody else. Uh, it seems obvious to me that they would prefer that because they know me, that those ads would perform better because they hear me saying genuinely, I really loved this, you know, eco-friendly sock or book or TV show, and I think you would too. Um, and that was like a discovery when, when podcast advertising was like, wait, what? Host-read ads perform better? Uh, it, it seems obvious to me that I shouldn't just like put you know, pump my show full of ads so people are annoyed by them. But I should stick to doing, you know, a, a pretty reasonable amount compared to the length of the podcast. And uh, nobody else is saying, hey, why don't you put fewer ads in your show? Because then I will make less money, but it'll be better for you overall. Nobody's incentivized to do that. Uh, it's obvious to me that listeners get that again. Money has to come from somewhere. You got to get paid somehow. And for the most part, as long as you're open about it and explain your reasoning, they'll be like, yeah, I get it. No worries. Like, chill. I'm, I'm happy for you to make money somehow. Um, 
all of that stuff, I think, sets us apart because we are making community for other podcasters as they make communities of their own around the podcast that they make and investing in things like, you know, uh, discords and social media and ways for podcast uh, audiences not just to have a one-way relationship with like they receive the podcast, they listen to it, they're like, haha, great, and then they move on with their lives. That's good, but it's step one. And it's really making sure the audiences can talk back to us and can talk to each other, can, you know, make their own crafting clubs and D&D groups and like, you know, online games and visit each other through this podcast that they met by through this podcast that they, you know, met one another through, that's the amazing stuff. And that's where it really begins to, like, open up and seem like a beautiful career and not just kind of like a, you know, flash in the pan, like new technology. Podcasting's never felt that way to me. It's felt like the, you know, the place where the most vibrant communities in digital media live right now. And I'm really happy to be here. Well, yeah, I mean, and and that's been... The most overwhelmingly positive experience for me as a podcaster that has also kept me podcasting through yeah. all of all of the many changes, you know, I've just seen the the industry go through um is hearing back from listeners. Like I have learned as much, if not more from just hearing back from what unladies have to say and what they are willing to share and the <laughs> the depth of that relationship that you know the the podcaster listener relationship like that to me is is the thing that makes all of the ups and downs worth it a hundred percent. Like that brings me back to the numbers thing that you brought up earlier, where an advertising executive may say to you like, oh, you know, this episode only got, you know, X number of downloads. And in my mind, I'm like, that's more people than went to my high school. Like that has to mean something. Like the fact that you could you have to rent, you know, a small stadium to like fit all of the listeners of a given episode in one place. That's amazing. And I think that's worth a lot more than the, you know, like ten dollars per thousand listeners that a, you know, traditional like radio style lumber liquidators ad or McDonald's ad or something would want to pay to get in front of your audience. Your audience has value. The thing you're building has value. And just because advertisers are not super well equipped to or in fact, like incentivized to pay you for the real value doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And so, you know, when people are able to support the show directly via a membership or Patreon or tips, they do. When people are able to, you know, buy merch or donate to a fundraiser, they do. And when they can't do that financially, listeners are smart. They know what helps. And so they'll share the show on social media. They'll tell their friends about it. They'll write in. They'll subscribe to the newsletter. Like, do all the things that you tell them is helpful because they're smart and they get it and they want to be a part of a thing that gives value to them. Um, and it's something that, you know, capitalism can't efficiently value. But we can and we know. And the, you know, every day, my uh, my husband and our head of creative here at Multitude, Eric Silver, says, like, every day that we are out here doing this 
with this being our jobs is a win. And it it really feels that way, uh, where more and more like as, you know, the economy goes up and down. And so advertisers say like, whoa, 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 we're going to just not spend on ads right now because we're not sure what's going on. And that affects our bottom lines. But your audience comes through. And that's why building a like resilient small business with different kinds of revenue and different kinds of, you know, people coming in, one that allows you to to take time off, right, or to like take a break to make a show that is sustainable to your life is also something that your audience wants. They they want you to be happy and also make a show that they feel really seen by. And that is something pretty beautiful and is a testament to all the work that you've done over these many years. Well, and that's the thing too, because listeners, I think, and I, and I say this as both a listener and of other podcasts and uh, from as a podcaster, listeners can hear when you're not happy, you know, when it does yes. just become a churn. And I I, I hope to, uh, I try to stay vigilant of that as well when I do hit places of questioning and burnout. And um, I'm trying to continue to challenge myself as well to lean on my audience and bring them into the process, which actually is a perfect segue into a question of how can unladies potentially get involved on this side of unladylike, supporting unladylike? Well, if they work somewhere with a marketing budget where they have a small business or a side hustle that they want to advertise on the show – they should get in touch. Email sponsors at multitude.productions, and I can walk you through exactly what sponsoring the show means, what the pricing is like, and what you get in return. Um, or if you have, you know, again, a marketing department at work somewhere that, you know, they're open to hearing your suggestions on how to market, um, shoot them that email address or get in touch with me and I can reach out. Um, those are all wonderful ways. And if you see a small business, an Etsy seller, a Instagram creator, a, you know, a book or a nonprofit profit that you think, oh my God, this would be the most perfect fit for Unladylike and their audience of Unladies, you should let Kristen know. And then that will help us reach out and say, hey, listen, uh, somebody thought you'd be a really good fit. And having that personal touch of saying an Unlady looked at, you know, this like, uh, you know, gender inclusive swimwear company and thought, good God, that's a great fit. That lets me reach out and say, uh, hey, there is a very personal connection here and we would love it. I always start with the stuff that I would be most excited. I think the first question I asked you, Kristen, was like, what do you use every day that you would be genuinely so stoked to read an ad about on the show? That is that is the best thing because it's a thing you really believe in and your enthusiasm comes through. Well, is there anything I haven't asked you about Multitude, about yourself, about podcasting that you want to make sure listeners know? Uh, you deserve better. Your attention is worth something. Choosing to spend some of your limited human hours listening to somebody's podcast is a gift. And you deserve to be treated with respect and to be told what's going on um, and for your time to be valued. So I, I hope folks know that. I think if they're listening to the show, they do. Um, but secondly, if you're looking for more podcasts that are welcoming and educational and funny and deeply empathetic, you should check out the shows that Multitude makes. Our shows cover things like mythology, 
and space and world building and movies from a queer lens and Dungeons and Dragons telling actual amazing stories of like leafy and fruity pirate people through mm-hmm. D&D. Uh, no matter what the subject matter is, our lens is always, hey, we're going to love and celebrate and welcome you into this thing that we really admire while still being critical of it because nothing in this world is perfect. And all of our shows feel like, oh my God, I found my people. So I think you'd really enjoy them. Go to multitude.productions to check out the shows we make or plug Multitude into your podcast player. Thank you so much to Amanda McLaughlin of Multitude Productions. You can follow Amanda on Twitter and Instagram at She's So Mickey. And truly, y'all, if if you have advertisers or brands that you think would make a good fit for Unladylike, you can contact Multitude. You can also just email me at hello at unladylike.co. And I'm so excited for what's ahead because... I have been wanting to turn the advertising space in Unladylike into more of a community space, if that makes sense, in terms of being able to make it accessible to Unlady-owned and operated businesses to advertise on if they would like to, and give y'all more of a voice in terms of the advertising and promotions that come across the show. So I can't wait to hear from y'all. Hello at unladylike.co. And of course, if you want to support Unladylike directly, consider becoming an Unladies Room member and joining the Patreon for $5 a month or more. And guess what? If you head over to the Patreon right now and join, you will instantly have access to a 25% off discount code for all of that brand new Unladylike merch over at unladylike.co slash shop. Mm-hmm. There are perks to be had inside the unladies room. <laughs> Patreon.com slash unladylike media is where you can go and join. You can also follow Unladylike on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Unladylike Media. Unladylike is created, produced, edited, and hosted by me, Kristen Conger. Mixing and mastering is by Multitude Productions. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Until next week, what is the most unladylike thing about you? I wear only black, pretty much, but I have full color, full sleeve tattoos of plants and ferns. So it's like, I don't have to accessorize, you know, because my skin is the accessory. So <laughs> that is, uh, that's pretty unladylike and a thing that I really, really enjoy. Ah, oh, I love that. Amanda, thank you so much for being here and also for being a true lifeline for unladylike. Um, I, I, you and I had our first you know, face-to-face, well, Zoom face-to-face in a moment when I was mentally in crisis and I felt like I had found a safe harbor and I'm just very happy to be working with you and with Multitude. So thank you. You're a real pro and you've built something really beautiful here. So it's a, a pleasure to help you keep on going and keep on growing.